Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to gore, sexual assault, sexual content, homophobia, animal cruelty, human suffering, mental conditions, death, factual inaccuracies, several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. So what you thought was murderous impulses was just the need for a real Ron Jeremy. I'm Andy. My message is timeless. Avoid the Freud. I'm Adam. As the penis-hungry lady on this podcast, I have nothing to contribute. I'm Kelly. Uh, hello, Miss Secretary. Could you order more of my pre-filled prescriptions for cocaine? My stack is running a little low. I'm Sean, and this is Acid Pop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about Sigmund Freud. Oh, good. Can you tell me more about that? <laughs> yes. About his mother. And this episode was brought to you by our patron, Latchy. Thanks, Latchy. If you'd like to become a patron and get early access to episodes into our private Discord and the opportunity to be thanked yourself, check us out on Patreon. So there's no etymology of Sigmund Freud. <laughs> it's just a name. It's a guy's name. Yeah. But there's a little bit of science. So Sigmund Freud was a medical doctor in the late 1800s who is one of the pioneers of the sciences of psychology and psychiatry. And like most pioneers, he ended up going in a lot of weird directions. <laughs> yeah. He, he did some good work. <laughs> he, he did. These two professions wouldn't be where they are today without Freud's contributions. But being a trailblazer, he unfortunately couldn't make advances without cracking a few eggs. So today <laughs> okay, we're going eggs. <laughs> to talk about what led to cracking of said eggs and what happened to the eggs as a result. So we're on to our acid pop quiz. The egg is a metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> For your muscles. <laughs> so true or false, Freud won the Nobel Prize for Medicine. That seems true. Yeah. I feel like some people were all about that back in the day. I'm going to say false. Hmm. Well, Kelly's got it. Damn. He was nominated 13 times. Wow. 13? The uh-huh. Leonardo DiCaprio of medicine. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was Jewish, right? Uh, yes. This wasn't a very Jewish-friendly time that that's, he was oh, working. That's true. <laughs> He was nominated 12 times for medicine and once for literature, but never won a single time. While his ideas were revolutionary, even during his time, people looked at his ideas and said, mm. Well, now we look at his ideas and go, mm. <laughs> True or false, paranoia stems from a desire to sleep with one's parents and becoming worried that someone will find out. Per Freud? Yeah. <laughs> sure, that's true. <laughs> That sounds like something he would think. Have the Oedipus complex. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that might just be stereotypical Freud instead of like mm. true Freud. I'll say false. Mm. Well, Adam's got it. Dang. Of course not. That's ridiculous. Now, people became paranoid if they are homosexuals and are worried about someone finding out. <laughs> of course. I mean, at the time, that'd be a pretty damn good reason to be paranoid. <laughs> I, yeah. I have something to tell my wife. <laughs> 
So true or false, women invented weaving to make up for not having dicks. I'm going with true again. (laughs) I'm going to say false. Mm. I'll also say false again. Andy's got it. This is true. Is it true? (laughs) (laughs) According to Freud, women would look down at their empty crotches and get very sad. (laughs) Aw, I'm glum. (laughs) To try and cover up the uh, void in their lives, they took to weaving their pubic hair together to make a distracting pretty pattern. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) That's what they do. Oh, my problems are forgotten. Uh Just just coming from a child psychology perspective. (laughs) We're told that ignore everything Freud said, basically. (laughs) (laughs) So from there, it was just a short hop, skip, and a jump to weaving actual clothing. And that was the last time women invented anything useful. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Kelly. (laughs) I don't have the penis. Uh, Maybe make a rug. (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I was busy weaving over here. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. So we're on to our fill in the blank. And for our fill in the blank, we're going to talk about Freud's five stages of psychosexual development. I'll name each and then you tell me what it's all about and how long it lasts. It's been a long time since high school psych. (laughs) So the first stage is oral. (laughs) Well, I assume that is the sucking on the mama's teat. Hmm. He said what it's all about and how long it lasts. Uh Uh-huh. And that's three... Three years. Three years. Hmm. Like I said, I, I've taken psychology classes, but they're all child psychology, and they said, do not listen to Freud. This is when people can't stop talking about their problems, and it can last all your life. <laughs> I mean, I think that's when you get your primary pleasure through your mouth, mm. and I, I'm going to guess a year for time lasting. Mm. Well, yep. Uh, during this stage, babies is obsessed with their mouth. They stick everything in there. Too much stimulation in the mouth can lead to an oral fixation later in life, such as nail-biting or smoking. Note, Freud smoked every day, and this eventually killed him. <laughs> well. And this stage lasts from birth to one, so Kelly nailed it. Woo! Hey. Stage two, anal. <laughs> Freud, come on. <laughs> Can't get through your psychosexual development without some anal. That is when you're in your college years, <laughs> and... uh you're just experimenting with pleasure itself. <laughs> this is like toilet training stuff. Hmm. And I don't know how long that takes. I'll say three years. Six okay. months. <laughs> I don't know. I also think this is when you get your primary source of control and pleasure through pooping <laughs> and learning to poop in appropriate places. I'm going to guess one year. And I think if it goes wrong, you become anal retentive is the term. Mm-hmm. Well, during this stage, kids love poop. Holding it in, shooting it out, spreading it around, it's all about the poop. As parents try to get kids to poop in the damn toilet, kids feel oppressed and underappreciated for all that they create. (laughs) I've created this, Father. Look at all all I have done for you. (laughs) Too much friction at this stage will create an anal expulsive personality or someone who shares a lot and is messy. I got it backward. Yep. And this stage lasts from age one to age three, so two years. Hinder my poops, will you? Let me tell you about it. (laughs) So stage three, the phallic stage. Fixation on fingers, right? Uh. No, she's right. Um, Which one of us is going to break the dick dam? (laughs) (laughs) Just charge through full force. It's a fixation on your penis or lack thereof, and it lasts from ages one to four. 
Mm. It's a fixation on phallic foods like hot dogs, Twinkies, oh, carrots, cucumbers of various sorts, <laughs> bananas. And just just the the wide variety that you can find them in <laughs> of phallic foods. Five years. Hmm. So I assume this is the age at which us girls learn how to weave our pubic hairs into pretty patterns. <laughs> Nailed it. So we've gone up by one, so this is three years. Okay. Yep, so one word, penis. <laughs> Boys want to touch theirs, and girls want to dig around inside themselves in hopes of unearthing one. <laughs> <laughs> is there something in there? <laughs> I'm going to strike gold. It's retractable. Either way, they are obsessed with masturbation and sex. So these sex-crazed maniacs run around all horny and masturbating from age three to age six. Excuse me? Uh-huh. You never seen a four-year-old masturbate? I mean, four-year-olds no. do masturbate, but... <laughs> <laughs> no. So stage four, latency. Latency. Uh-huh. <clears throat> yeah, it's when there's lag. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> like when your computer has all that ping. <laughs> Oh, I can't play the Tekken. That, that can last about 30 minutes or so. <laughs> yeah, depending on how many people's in the network. <laughs> that lasts as long as we have dial-up. <laughs> that wasn't too long then. So yeah, latency, nothing happens at this stage. As far as, as far as Freud was concerned, this stage from age six to puberty was just a wash. <laughs> as far as I can tell, nothing happens here. <laughs> I can't tell you. Like, I didn't experience anything. <laughs> So stage five, genital. I mean, we already had phallic. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, what's okay. going to be the difference? Now they're taking masturbation to the next level. Everything <laughs> is a genital. <laughs> it's it's masturba- masturbation cranked up to 11. Mm-hmm. Really cranking. <laughs> this is where you go from being obsessed with your genitals to being obsessed with the other uh, person's uh, genitals. I like yeah. that. And that lasts, or, you know... The other person, I didn't say the other genders, so, you know, whatever you're into. (laughs) That lasts the rest of your life. Mm. I do love genitals. (laughs) So, yep, this is when you don't want to touch your own penis anymore. You want someone else to touch it. That one's old hat. (laughs) Or if you're a girl, finally get your hands on one of those awesome dicks. (laughs) Give me one of them penises. (laughs) Finally put down these needles. Have you been seeing the commercials on SNCC? (laughs) (laughs) If nothing gets screwed up in the previous four stages, you'll want to have a heterosexual missionary sex. But, <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> but if something happened along the way, note something always happened, then who knows? You might like kissing or the same sex or some other <laughs> heathen thing. Wait, are you doing a doggy like as comfortable? <laughs> kissing, gross. So this stage hits at puberty, and that's where you spend the rest of your days. Hey, I got it. Yep. What? Yep. We're just forever in puberty? Uh-huh. Well, oh, no, you're, no. Just, you're just forever at this stage, this genital stage. Oh, I see. Welcome to the genital stage. <laughs> Tap dancing. It's a burlesque show. So we're on to our terms. For this, I'm going to list a term and ask you guys to, one, tell me if it was Freud who came up with it or not, and two, what does it mean? I know, I'm about to be outed as something. As a fraud? <laughs> as a Freud. <laughs> so what is the super ego? God, I feel like Venture Brothers told me what this is. That's the that's the persona that you present to the world. Uh, it's the persona that you want to be. And yes, it is Freud. Yeah, that's the part of your brain that says, no, stop it. Do something else. Be mm-hmm. good. It's like societal control on you that makes you act correctly. And I thought Freud came up with this. Oh, 
Well, uh, yeah, this one is Freud. And Freud believed that the mind had three parts, the id, the ego, and the superego. The id is all the stuff you want to do. Eat that, sleep now, fuck that. The superego is all the rules. So Hmm. don't do that. You'll get in trouble. Hmm. And the ego is the part that tries to pick what to do between those two opposing forces. So you basically have an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other shoulder, and the ego is the one that tries to weigh the options and, and figure out what you actually do. But hey, look what I can do. <laughs> what does that have to do? Yep. He's got, got a point. point. <laughs> Next, the Electra Complex. Ooh, Daredevil had that, and that was created <laughs> by Joe Caseta. <laughs> I've never heard of this term. I like to wear a lot of red and use, what, size? Yeah. Uh, sticks. He had the, like the... No, but... But electric use size. Oh, right? electric use size, yes. They both wore red, so I can see the confusion. <laughs> Not that Daredevil ever knew. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a nice color that won't stand out against the dark night. <laughs> like black or something. <laughs> no, my name is Devil. <laughs> I've never heard this term. I'll, I'll say it wasn't Freud. I think this is the female equivalent of the Oedipus complex. So mm. you want to uh, kill your mother and marry your father. Mm. And I don't mm. think Freud cared enough about women to come up with it. So I think it was someone else. <laughs> yep. This one is not Freud. So yes, Freud did come up with the Oedipus complex named for the Greek story of an orphan who unknowingly kills his dad and marries his mom. Uh, Freud believed that every little boy wanted to get it on with his mom. And the only thing really stopping him was his dumb old dad. <laughs> So Carl Jung, who, unlike Freud, was not extremely sexist, came up with the Electra Complex as the female version of the Oedipus Complex, named for the Greek story about a woman who plotted to kill her mother and stepfather who murdered her father. So it doesn't quite line up as nicely as the uh, Oedipus, but he did the best he could. Yeah. Next, Thanatos. Isn't that like a DC villain? (laughs) DC. that's, That's Greek death? Hmm. I'm thinking of is it Thanos? Yeah. I'm going I'm going to put that in the Freud category, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. What is it's it? It's a fear of death. <laughs> fear of death, yeah. I think that's that sounds likely. Yeah. And I mean he already used that other Greek thing, so that would make sense that it's Freud's. I'm gonna say it's young and it's one of the archetypes. Hmm. Well, this is the desire of every living thing to die. Excuse me? Yep. So the millennial complex. <laughs> <laughs> So this is a concept that Freud thought up, but he called it the death drive. (laughs) (laughs) But then he decided to write a screenplay instead. (laughs) (laughs) So students of Freud came up with Thanatos, named for the Greek god of death. So yeah, Andy got it. What is Cathexis? Cathexis. Mm -hmm. That's that's an elder god of some sort. (laughs) I think so. That sounds like like an insect alien. Hmm. Cathexis is the raid boss of the new WoW dungeon, and it was not thought up by Freud. I think it's Freud. No, he doesn't seem to go in with for those sorts of names. No, he didn't hang out with H.P. Lovecraft at all. <laughs> so this one was Freud. What? This is a Greek word meaning to occupy. So Freud used it as a sort of sexual MacGuffin. In Freud's mind, you are obsessed with something, and that thing, whatever it is, is your cathexis. He could have just said obsession. Yeah. We have a word for that. Yeah. Obsession for men. 
Sexual MacGuffin leads me to sexual muffin, which is just. <laughs> if you give a moose a sexual muffin, <laughs> some weird stuff's going to go down. Freud loves it. <laughs> if you give a fox a Freud. <laughs> so, what is the pre conscious? The pre conscious. Mm-hmm. Before thinking. Yeah, it's, it's like impulse. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Let's say that's that's the dream state. Hmm. But it, I don't think it's Freud because he already kind of had a name for that. No. no. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with not Freud. Freud. Yep. This one was Freud. Damn it. In addition to the mind having three parts, so did consciousness. What's consciousness it? is everything in your head that you can define. The words and the pictures in your head, thoughts and feelings, that sort of thing. The unconscious is everything in your head you can't define. I'd elaborate, but it's hard to define the undefined part. <laughs> and the pre-conscious is stuff that lives in your unconscious, but your conscience can grab. So your phone number or the name of your pet or, you know, stuff that's not on your mind, but could be if you felt like it. Mm-hmm. And that concludes our acid pop quiz. That quiz was too hard. Can yeah. We, can we tell Freud to fuck right off? <laughs> yeah, you could, but he's dead. You can go yell at a grave, I guess. <laughs> Damn you! <laughs> so Sigmund Freud was born in Moravane in, Aust- in the Austrian Empire in 1856. He was the first child of eight. For that wife, anyway. His dad had two sons from a previous woman, but those don't count for some reason. <laughs> they never did anything with their lives. <laughs> so Freud was smart and initially wanted to go into law before switching to wanting to become a doctor after he spent a happy summer working in a zoo in 1876 where he dissected hundreds of eels trying to find their tiny eel genitals. So many pieces here. Wait a goddamn second. So he, he dissected a bunch of eels uh-huh. and said, where's the penis? Yep. He never this found a single a one. Problem. <laughs> I think there's a podcast about eel genitals. It's actually really weird. Oh, yeah. A podcast? <laughs> well, not a series of podcasts. Oh, okay. Just an one episode. episode of a podcast. <laughs> it's quite a theme. So he did end up becoming a doctor, and he specialized in the brain. He had a post at the Vienna General Hospital where he researched aphasia, or the inability to recognize faces. In the late 1880s, he went to Paris where he studied under Jean-Martin Charcot, who was a pioneer in hypnosis. In Charcot's treatments, he would lull a patient into a hypnotic state and then ask them to recall a traumatic event in an effort to work their way through it. As we've seen from our hypnosis episodes. Yeah. (laughs) Freud decided that the hypnosis part was irrelevant. What was important was talking about past issues. He headed home, resigned at the hospital, and opened his own clinic for what he called nervous disorders. He said, I like listening to people talk about freaky shit, so we're going to focus on that bit. (laughs) Tell me more about that. (laughs) Now, let's pause here. Freud wasn't an evil guy, at least not with a capital E, and so far things are pretty innocent. Young man who went to school to be a doctor? That's a noble goal. Sees a need for a specific patient issue and tries to serve it? Definitely good. Slices apart hundreds of eels to find her ding-dongs? I wouldn't know where to look either. (laughs) (laughs) What am I, a doctor? (laughs) This whole eel looks like a dick. (laughs) I've got it. That's the secret. (laughs) It's like a male lanternfish. It's right in front of me the whole time. (laughs) But this is where the flaws in Freud's practice starts to show through. During this time, when he first opens his clinic, uh, he's going through a rough patch himself, and he's trying to figure out why. 
He talks out loud a lot and writes about his dreams and realizes that he holds a lot of resentment towards his dad. He starts trying to figure out why and comes to the conclusion that he must have had the hots for his mom and therefore felt threatened by his dad. Why do I hate my father? <laughs> I did have a very hot mother. <laughs> so this is where he starts to piece together his theory of psychosexual development. He figures something in there must have gone wrong to cause his issue, mainly some sort of sexual assault. He doesn't know what it is, but what else could it be? <laughs> my hands are tied. <laughs> I, th- I couldn't figure it out, and so my father, he touched. <laughs> must have. You start with you, whoever you are, are never a good starting place for all of humanity. Yeah. (laughs) I really like kimchi, but I'm not going to jump to the conclusion that I should serve it at every meal for every person. (laughs) Anybody who doesn't like kimchi is broken. The the research shows. So what he does is he starts to question his patients, and to his shock and delight, he finds that every single one of them was sexually abused as a child. You're all crazy. That is to say, some of them did. Well, a few, anyway. (laughs) And when he analyzed the speech patterns and the totally obvious symbols in their dreams, it was clear to anyone that they had been abused as children, even if they wouldn't admit it, and were getting pretty annoyed with him when he kept bringing it up. (laughs) God, I hate hate dream symbology. (laughs) So he published the Itology of Hysteria, which showed beyond a shadow of a doubt that all 18 of his patients had been abused sexually, especially the ones that said things like, what are you talking about? No one ever abused me. Can we get back <laughs> to my insomnia? I see no. some lawsuits coming. <laughs> no, just just get back to the part where you can't sleep because your father has raped you. <laughs> and so Freud began to conduct all future analysis with this singular goal of uncovering the hidden, dirty sexual abuse. It's going to get to the bottom of this whole dirty mess. <laughs> this is the fundamental flaw of Freud. He looks at very little data and then makes up a fact that applies to the rest of the world without exception. <laughs> One of the things he made up his mind early about was women. According to Freud, around age five, little girls noticed that they didn't have a penis. The realization that they have been denied something so wonderful and essential to a happy life makes them resent their mother and crave their father. They then spend the rest of their sad, directionless lives thinking, well, I can't have my own D. Maybe I can get some D in me. At age five. Yep. So in a paper in 1925, Freud wrote, women oppose change, receive passively, and add nothing of their own. He also thought that the clitoris was way too close to a penis. <laughs> Take that thing off. Yep. Give well, him- I mean, oh, he's really? not far off there. Yeah. <laughs> you accidentally got something right. <laughs> Giving this sad little underdeveloped penis any attention at all was just a pathetic attempt to pretend to be a man. Therefore- oh, I bet Freud was great in the sack. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, all <laughs> orgasms must be reached without touching that yucky thing. <laughs> it's like a Never. game. Never. <laughs> what makes this extra tragic is most of Freud's patients were women. So you can just imagine a depressed, abused woman oh, sitting no. down with Freud and really opening up to him and him responding, boy, you must really like penises. <laughs> Shame it's like a pain, huh? Well, that doesn't do anything. Yeah. Maybe some cocaine will distract you from that weird hole where your penis should be. <laughs> It's not entirely wrong. (laughs) Yeah, maybe it will. (laughs) And that brings us to the next problem with Freud. Freud kind of thought that talking things out could only get you so far. 
what people really needed for lasting breakthroughs was chemical intervention. Again, sometimes <laughs> in the real world, people need chemical intervention yeah, for really mental need illness. <laughs> <laughs> and his chemical wonder drug that could alleviate pain, cure depression, fix your morphine addiction, and just make you an all-around better person was cocaine. Oh, I thought it was going to be more morphine. <laughs> Double your morphine. <laughs> Double your fun. <laughs> That's a statement of a great drug. <laughs> he pushed hard for its use to cure almost any problem, but after there were some incidents in the late 1800s after a few people allegedly took too much cocaine and died as a result. And here the quotation marks. <laughs> what is too much? He stopped pushing so hard, at least in public. But he kept his own stash up. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> Doctor's little helper. <laughs> I come back to my kimchi analogy. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> have you heard that chicks just want dick? <laughs> <laughs> just came up with a new fact. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are pointing a frighteningly accurate picture of how growing dogs. <laughs> Get those pencils ready to write some more textbooks. <laughs> I'm taking a lot of pictures. <laughs> so let's talk about some of Freud's unfortunate patients. A man named Sergei Pankajev came from a family with a history of depression. His sister committed suicide, followed a year later by his dad. When Pankajev started feeling depressed and off kilter, he didn't want to end up the same, so he went looking for help. He eventually found his way to Freud. Big mistake. <laughs> Freud sits him down and, as usual, just wants him to start talking about stuff. Freud listened carefully, trying to find the source of Pankajev's issues, i.e., why does he want to have sex with his mom so much? <laughs> <laughs> when Pankajev recalls a reoccurring dream from his uh, childhood, he knew he'd hit pay dirt. So let's do a little exercise. I'll describe the dream, and you see if you can find the hidden dad hate and mom boner. <laughs> okay. It's like an ice spy. Uh, Freud said this was all super obvious, so it should be an easy job. <laughs> in the dream, Pankajeff wakes up in bed and looks out his window. Outside is a walnut tree, and sitting in the tree are several giant white wolves. End scene. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the white wolves are... Oh, no. No, the the, the walnut tree is the mom, and the wolves uh, are guarding it, and uh, that's his dad. Uh-huh. No, no, I, the walnut tree represents his dad, and the white mm. wolves are something he has to get by climbing the tree, and that's his mom. Because mm. the walnuts are nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe you guys are going too far. Maybe the bed is his mom, and Ooh. the window is his dad. Uh-huh. The dad, the window dad is keeping him from the outside, which is the mother. <laughs> there we go. Oh, here, let Freud set you straight. <clears throat> the okay. open window was a symbol for Pankajeff's opening sexuality. <sighs> but on the other side were wolves, threatening animals, just like his dad threatened his sexuality. Got it. Got it. I'm the one. <laughs> yep. No, wait. I said the wolves. Yeah. <laughs> At Freud's expectant look, Pankajeff said, well, isn't that interesting? And he sought help elsewhere. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I will no longer pay you. <laughs> there are a lot of cocaine dealers in this city. I can find another one. <laughs> Just open this window up and let in a nice sexual breeze. <laughs> <laughs> sexual breeze being my favorite for breeze. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's getting rid of the smell. 
Oh, it's getting away. It's getting rid of the smell. I see. <laughs> and adding one. <laughs> so with his five stages of psychosexual development in one hand and his Oedipus complex in the other, Freud was officially a man with a hammer and a land full of nails. <laughs> You want to fuck your mom, and you want to fuck your mom, and you want to fuck your mom. <laughs> a boy of about five was out one day when he saw a horse straining against a heavy load, then collapse and die. This understandably freaked the kid out. He developed a strong fear of horses and wouldn't leave the house in case he saw one. Freud listened to this story, nodded sympathetically, and said, Don't worry, I know exactly what's going on. You know how to control your horse killing superpowers. <laughs> The boy had a huge crush on his mom, but his big, strong dad was so manly, the poor kid never stood a chance with his mom. I mean, just look at his huge, grown man penis. Just like a freaking horse. Just so, look at him. So did every psychological like examination begin with, show me your mother and father? Uh-huh. Yep. Ooh, that's a big penis. Yeah. <laughs> so thus, the kid is afraid of horses. Then Freud hit him with his ace up his sleeve. The boy's dad wears glasses and horses often wear blinkers. Also, he was a centaur. <laughs> he, then, <laughs> he then sat back, crossed his arms in satisfaction. Case closed. And the five-year-old said, Huh? <laughs> I saw a horse die and now I'm afraid of horses, sir. <laughs> oh, here's Freud. He's pointing. He's calling his shot. <laughs> Oh my god, it's out of the park! <laughs> the kid the kid wants to fuck his mom. <laughs> Freud was really into moms. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh here's the best part. Freud figured all this out by mail. <laughs> wow. The boy's dad sent him letters back and forth. So he only actually met the kid once, and when he did, he was just like, My god, that boy's just overflowing with lust for his mother and cowers at the very thought of his dad and his giant oh. member. Are are you telling me? Are you telling me that the dad didn't send letters? It's like my dick is just huge. <laughs> it's the weirdest pen pal that kid ever had. Dear Freud, I have an enormous penis and a five year old son. <laughs> Can you help us? He seems to be afraid of horses for no reason. For no reason. <laughs> for no reason. So my friend asked me if I knew why, and I said nay. <laughs> Also, I see him sucking on his mom's tits every once in a while. Come on. Like three years back. So one of Freud's first and most tragic patients was Matilde Schleicher. She was an attractive young woman and she was engaged, but she started to come apart when her fiancé broke off the engagement. Well, that's fair. Yeah, these things happen. So she was severely depressed, so her family took her to the newly opened clinic for nervous disorders by the young and optimistic Sigmund Freud. God, you seem so nervous. Did you want a penis? <laughs> he treated her with hypnotic sessions where she was allowed to speak freely. It took some time, but three years later, Matilde felt so much better that she bought Freud a nice history book, said her goodbyes, and strode out confidently into the world. This book represents our relationship. We're history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that's a, such a great breakup line. Anybody, <laughs> anybody listening. You can have that one for free. It only costs you like $140 if you want to get like a textbook, but that would be great. Well, don't get a college textbook. So sadly, Matilde was what we would now call bipolar. And a few months later, um, things were worse than ever. 
So she was delusional, violent, and had stopped sleeping. Never stop sleeping. Or dreaming. Don't stop believing. (laughs) (laughs) So she was committed by Freud, where the doctors agreed that Freud's little hypnosis sessions probably made her mood swings much worse instead of better. (laughs) Great. Yeah. So at the clinic, she would take off all her clothes, roll around masturbating, and call out for Freud so she could be his slave. (laughs) (laughs) The hypnosis seems to be working. (laughs) I've done it. I guess his ideas about sexual tension stuck pretty hard with this girl. (laughs) I've created a roly holy moly. (laughs) She was also convinced that she was pregnant, and every time she had a poop, she thought it was a baby. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, we've all had those, I think. <laughs> oh God, it's coming! <laughs> Knowing that the doctors would steal her babies away, she took to hiding them in her pillow. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Lumpy. Look, you can stop hiding them. We are pretty sure we know they're there. We found your duty, fellow. <laughs> so with Freud's consultation, they just started injecting her with all kinds of crap. Morphine, chloral hydrate, bromide, opium, cannabis, valerian, and even a few experimental drugs that were supposed to help with hy- hypnosis, like sulfonol. Anything would be better than this. Yeah. <laughs> She's shitting in everything. <laughs> There's babies everywhere. <laughs> The solution is never just give them whatever you have lying around. Add more drugs. <laughs> oh, Let's just make a cocktail in there. <laughs> so they were hoping they could unhypnotize her. <laughs> so about six months later, she was right as rain. So they sent her back out into the world. Oh, good. And then she started pooping everywhere. Now she's a sleeper agent. Sadly, her symptoms came right back a few months later, and Freud swooped back in to help. Oh! <laughs> It's me. (laughs) It's me, Sigmund Freud. Flap, flap. (laughs) He had her back on her drug cocktail, and later that year, he couldn't help but notice that her pee was awful red. Hey, are your kidneys failing? (laughs) Yep, he didn't know it at the time, but all the crap Freud had injected her with had basically destroyed her kidneys. One way to save someone from suicide. Murder them. Kill them. Yeah. You can't kill yourself if you're already dead. No, if I kill you first. The red pea is the red of the blood of the mother. She's killed her own mother. (laughs) So a few days later, Matilde died, doubled over with abdominal pains. Now, personally, I would have retired at this point, but (laughs) Freud just vowed to find the source of penis anxiety sooner next time and moved on. (gasps) A rousing success, he said. (laughs) And that was the last of the stories that I had. If it's story time, then once again, I took child psychology classes for teaching children first through sixth grade, and they say, anything Freud said, do not listen to that. Just do the opposite. Yeah, read this book, and then don't do anything in it, and you'll be fine. Don't give the children cocaine. There was an entire (laughs) chapter on, like, Freud said, this is the stuff, this is the stuff, and then at the end of the chapter, it's like, and now, Freud was wrong. Yeah. (laughs) The end. We have to acknowledge him, but you know, I mean, I'm sure I'm certain that there are people out there who want to have sex with their mom and then it causes a lot of strife in their lives. Freud, for example. That's definitely Definitely Freud. But but it's not everyone. (laughs) 
I mean, there's probably like five or six people in the world that Freud would have been an excellent psychologist oh, for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great, eh? No, you don't understand. I very much wanted to have sex with my very hot mother, Cindy Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> Is she still hot? Oh, and no? uh, <laughs> Is she not? Freud was also a fan of those like reclining lounger couches. Mm-hmm. And apparently he caused a bit of an economic boom in the early 1900s where psychologists were just buying up those couches like crazy. So there was a bit of a, a bear market for those. I think, I mean, this is a story. They're painting couches, but there's a, uh, yeah. a chase lounge. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the unfortunate thing about Freud is he's become everyone's idea of what it is to see a psychiatrist or a therapist of any kind. A lot yeah. of people avoid seeing a therapist because that's what they're expecting like they have no idea what modern therapy looks like modern therapy looks like karamo and fuck yeah (laughs) watch queer eye ah i caught it yay (laughs) well if nobody has any more personal stories we'll move on to what your morals worth. so how much to keep all your poop in your pillow for let's say a week (laughs) no No. Hold on, am I sleeping on it? Yep. Oh, God. Do I still have a pillow? I mean, yeah, there's a pillow in there. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I can roll the poop under, right? Yeah. I don't think that's much better. (sighs) I'm not going to sleep much. I like to sleep $25,000. $25,000? Just off the cuff, I love to sleep, and I would not be able to sleep if I could smell my dookie. For how long? Yeah. A week. Mm -hmm. $2,000 a night. Yeah, that's... Pretty close, 14,000. 14,000? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I don't know. I have a kind of a sensitive nose, and, like, having a baby, like, if there's poop around, I could smell it from a long way off. I don't want to break. Yeah, it's bad. And, like, I just don't know that I could get to sleep with poop yeah. next Sean's to my nose. Sean's got that poop snifter. So, but, like, it'd just be a week of really crappy, ah, sleep. <laughs> no. <laughs> So <laughs> super scary. <laughs> it spooked him so with how good that joke was. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I'll it's, go in the middle there. Suck, I think after a week or so, we could probably more or less get used to it. I guess. Yeah, just plug your nose with the dried turds. <laughs> no, <laughs> it doesn't smell at that point. It's you're, fine. you're missing the point of plugging your nose, Anthony. <laughs> no, just do it. <laughs> just mush it up there like Play-Doh. <laughs> I'll say 50000 All right. Well, I think that's all we have for this week. Thanks to my co-host for joining me today. Thanks to our editor, Gerard, from taking a break from sleeping with his mom. And if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can get a hold of us on Gmail at acidpoppodcast at gmail.com or on our Reddit forum. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, you can find us at acidpoppodcast. And if you'd like to support this show and get some nice perks, you can find us on Patreon. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, stop trying to sleep with your mom and or dad. You might want to run that joke past Gerard. Bye. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Freud said it, not me. <laughs>
We've been waiting so long. <laughs> oh no, it's happened. The time jumps have gotten worse. No. Adam, Adam, did you play the song at the, at the, the under the sea dance? We, we must find the chrono vortex. <laughs>